Senate Democrats reject a bill that would protect children born alive from botched abortions. It's no longer just Virginia Governor Ralph Northam. The National Democrat Party now supports killing babies after they've been born. We will analyze child sacrifice through the ages. Then the pharisaical left tries to slut shame Tucker Carlson and the most important troll of the entire Trump administration coming to you. It just occurred to me yesterday and we have got to do it. I'm Michael Knowles, and this is The Michael Knowles Show. So much to get to today. The, the top story, the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, totally exposes the National Democrat Party. They can't say it's just Andy Cuomo. They can't say it's just Ralph Northam. They can't say Republicans are scaremongering on abortion. National Democrats have voted to kill babies after they've been born. We'll get to that in one second, but first let's make a little money, honey, with Protalis. There are days, there are days when I get home, I just want to take off my shoes because my feet hurt from a very busy day. You know, it's very difficult. I've got to walk up and down. I got to go grab my cigar. I've got to go have a nice glass of scotch outside. A very busy work day keeps me on my feet. When I travel, I always end up walking around a lot more than I do when I'm home, and this can make my feet, even my whole body, ache. Maybe you've noticed that, too. Many people are unaware that knee, hip, back, and even upper body muscle tightness and other issues can stem from improper alignment, and that all begins at the foot, specifically right at the ankle. And this is true for more than 80% of people. Protalis insoles bridge the gap between custom orthotics and over-the-counter cushioned inserts. They will instantly start making you feel better. They are fabulous with over 1 million happy customers and a 97% success rate. Protalis insoles create a better connection between your ankle and the rest of your body. I was very skeptical. I really did not believe that some little adjustment like Protalis insoles would, would make my whole body feel better. It does. They're just fabulous. This week, only my listeners can save 30 bucks on every pair of Protalis insoles at protalus.com. Enter podcast30 at checkout. That's the number 30. One of the lowest prices of the year exclusively for our loyal listeners, plus shipping is free. And if you buy two or more pairs, they'll upgrade you to free expedited shipping. Give Protalis and Souls a try and experience the difference. More comfort, more energy, more life. 90-day money-back, hassle-free guarantee. You got nothing to lose except the pain. P-R-O-T-A-L-U-S dot com. Promo code podcast30. Save 30 bucks on every pair of Protalis insoles. Democrats just today shot down the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act. Abortion survivors. We're not talking about some bill to limit abortion to before 18 weeks or before 20 weeks or before 24 weeks or whatever. Born Alive Abortion Survivor Protection Act. How did this all happen? Ben Sass, Republican senator, used Rule 14 to bypass committees and bring this bill straight to the floor of the Senate for a vote. This is, by the way, what we need more of in the Senate. Uh, we need to get Democrats on the record. They are finally exposing their radicalism. They're finally willing to go on the record. And we should call them up for as many votes as humanly possible. Green New Deal, whatever. So Ben Sass brings this thing to the floor and uh, initially tries to pass it by a unanimous voice vote. Now, why would he try to do it that way? Well, because it's about saving babies who have already been born. This has nothing to do with abortion. It's a, it, it all, the only connection to abortion is that it re refers to babies who have survived abortion. So some doctor tries to kill the baby in the womb. The thing is born. The baby's there, alive on the table. And what Ben Sass's bill would do is protect that baby from being killed while it's on the table. 
You think you could get a, a unanimous voice vote on that, wouldn't you? You'd be wrong. Democrat Senator Patty Murray, Democrat from the seventh or eighth circle of hell, I think, or Washington, one of the two, shot it down. She said, nope, no voice vote. So then Sass comes out. He says, quote, I urge my colleagues to picture a baby that's already been born, that's outside the womb, gasping for air. That is the only thing that today's vote is actually about. We are talking about babies that have already been born. Nothing in this bill touches abortion access. Senate shot it down. Senate Democrats shot it down. There were a couple Republicans who, who wouldn't cross the aisle. I think there were three. Two of them missed it because of flight delays, like Tim Scott missed it. Tim Scott didn't miss it because he wants to kill babies on the table. He just wasn't able to get there in time. Uh, Murkowski, I believe, voted against it. I believe Lisa Murkowski, fake Republican from Alaska, actually did, I guess, support killing babies who have already been born on the table. And then a, a few Democrats came over to vote for it, guys like Joe Manchin, that kind of thing. Otherwise, this was a strict party line vote. You have now the National Democrat Party endorsing the killing of babies after they've been born. That is not a hyperbolic statement. That is not a scare tactic. That is not exaggerating what happened. We're not just talking about abortion in the second trimester or the third trimester. We're talking about killing a baby after it's been born. We're not just talking about one guy in Virginia. We're not just talking about one guy in New York. We are talking about the National Democrat Party held in the, a vote held in the greatest deliberative body in the world, or should be the greatest deliberative body in the world, and the Senate Democrats shot it down. What is it to be born alive, to survive an abortion? I think one of the excuses that they'll use is they'll say, well, this doesn't happen a lot. Oh, how many babies? You, look, we're really good at abortion. When we want to kill a baby in the womb, we can kill a baby in the womb. Well, no, actually, it happens quite a lot. There are many cases of babies surviving abortion. Actually, there are some people who, who now, you know, they're now adults and they've survived abortion. They go on and give amazing testimony. But this is why Kermit Gosnell, the most prolific serial killer in American history, the reason he's rotting away in prison right now is because he botched some abortions. The babies were born alive. He would play with the little babies and then he would kill them. He would put them in jars or he would just kill them right off. That's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the barbarity of Kermit Gosnell playing with little babies and then killing them. We're talking about the, the reality of what Ralph Northam was talking about just a few weeks ago. This does happen. And Democrats voted to let it keep happening. Democrats just voted to encourage it. Here's how Liz Warren, Senator Liawatha, decided to spin it. She said, quote, Republican politicians just tried and failed again to score political points at the expense of women. Enough. Women and their doctors should decide what's best for their health, not the Senate GOP. I understand the argument that abortion is about a woman's health. It's not really. I mean, it's, uh, it's about the baby. Primarily, it's about killing a baby or letting the baby live. But I understand the argument. You can say, well, it, it, the baby is inside a woman's body, and so she can make this disingenuous argument that it's about her health, whether or not you can kill that. There is no argument that the baby that has already been born, that is sitting on the table, that the ability to kill that has something to do with the mother's health. There is no, there is no argument. That is a total nonsense. That's like saying, bah, 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 bah. Doesn't mean anything. And what Liz, Liz Warren is not a stupid woman. She knows that. And she is just so radical that she thinks that 
it is perfectly within a woman's right to kill a baby if she doesn't like him. I don't know, maybe she'll kill a five-year-old if she doesn't like him. That's the kind of radicalism we're talking about. And she is also so confident that her voters are stupid that she can conflate the two. They're totally different. What this brought to mind, because I think some conservatives are really shocked by this. I'm not shocked by this. Not shocked at all. We've known that Democrats support killing babies forever, for my whole lifetime. At least, I mean, since 1973, we've known that for sure. So why would you be shocked? What they're shocked about is, I think conservatives thought Democrats were just a little confused. And maybe some are. Some are confused about what abortion is. Some are not confused. And, and furthermore, they're shocked that anybody, seeing the reality of it, seeing that it's not inside the womb, it's not in, it's, it is outside a totally separate entity, umbilical cord snipped on the table, that anybody could support killing that baby. And I'm not shocked by that at all because child sacrifice is commonplace throughout human history. Child sacrifice is a perfectly natural temptation. All of history attests to this. Every civilization, everywhere in the world, or I guess every pre-civilization, many, many societies all throughout the world have practiced child sacrifice. It's existed everywhere at some point. This is not some aberration. This is the norm. Actually, not killing babies is a unique advancement of civilization. Or it was, now we do it again. But it was that at, at when, when we had a, a really civilized society, that was one of the great advancements was we don't kill babies. Here in the Americas, the Aztecs, the Incas, the Mayas, they all practice child sacrifice. Archaeologists uh, digging up the Aztec civilization found, uh, have, have already just sort of randomly digging in the dirt, found 42 children sacrificed by Aztecs. And obviously the number was much, much higher. Conquistadors and other Spaniards in the New World, Hernán Cortés, Bernardino de Sahagún, they describe at length accounts of child sacrifice. Obviously at the consecration of Tenochtitlan, the great Aztec temple that was consecrated five years before Columbus set sail, there were 80,000 people executed in a matter of days. Their children were not uh, saved from this. Children were sacrificed as well. The Incas practiced a ritual whereby they cracked children's skulls or they strangled them or they just drugged them and brought them up to a mountain and let, left them to freeze. This was a ritual called Kapak Hucha. I don't know, I'm probably not pronouncing that correctly, but commonplace. The Maya had a ritual called Kex. The Maya ritual believed that supernatural spirits, this is the one actually that most reminds me of our civilization. The Maya believed that supernatural spirits feasted on the souls of powerful people. And so only by a process of substitution, where you take an innocent baby and you use the innocent baby to substitute for your soul, could you appease these supernatural spirits? During, especially during times of famine or times of drought, this was, this was used as well. And uh, I guess we'll, we'll get to it in a second. This is the one. We look at that, we say, wow, how stupid, how superstitious, how barbaric. What they thought, oh, they thought there were these spirits out there and they were going to substitute the little babies for their own. We do the same thing. We do this, we sacrifice our babies on the altar of idols and false gods. False gods of money, fame, career. We sacrifice our children such that those things won't be taken from us, such that our spirit as we view it won't be taken from us. 
Bible documents or Bible, rather books of the Bible show that there, there was child sacrifice throughout the Middle East. We're no better. We'll get to this in one second, but first let's make a little money, honey. Speaking of safety, Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. Now you might already know about their smart video doorbells and cameras that protect millions of people everywhere. Ring helps you stay connected to your home anywhere in the world. So if there is a package delivery or a surprise visitor, you will get an alert. You will be able to see, hear, and speak to them all from your phone. Thanks to the HD video and two-way audio features on Ring devices. I love Ring. Ring makes me personally feel safer. Whether you're in the living room, in the bedroom, at work, on a beach in Boca, you can uh, talk to people. You can see people who are coming to your doors. Maybe it's a, a guest you've invited. Maybe it's a guest you haven't invited. Maybe it's someone dropping off a package. Maybe it's someone trying to do harm to your family. It's really great. I've given this out as a gift to friends of mine. It's just really sleek, a really, really great technology. As a listener, you have a special offer on a Ring Starter Kit available right now. With a video doorbell and motion-activated floodlight camera, the Starter Kit has everything you need to start building a ring of security around your home. Just go to ring.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. That is ring.com slash Knowles. The Bible documents child sacrifice everywhere. How's that for a segue? <laughs> well, I guess it has to do with safety, doesn't it? All throughout the Middle East, the king of Moab sacrifices his heir. Actually, in the Bible, again, a unique advance of civilization, specifically our civilization, Judeo-Christian. Leviticus and Deuteronomy ban child sacrifice quite explicitly. You see it in the binding of Isaac. There is the kind of natural child sacrifice. God is commanding Abraham to sacrifice his son, and then he stays his hand. He says, don't, don't do it. This is, this is an advance, a moral advance, but the state of nature is all child sacrifice. We know that the Carthaginians sacrificed their children. We know that the, the ancestors of the Carthaginians, the Canaanites did this. We know that the Phoenicians sacrificed their children. Pagan Arabs sacrificed their children to idols. We, we hear this from early Islamic sources, from the Quran. We know that child sacrifice for witchcraft, specifically a witchcraft practice called muti, still occurs in South Africa. It occurs today. We know that Uganda recently saw an uptick in child sacrifice. They're trying to play it down, but this is within the last 10 years. And we look around at all of that and we say, gosh, we're so much better. Huh. We don't, we don't sacrifice our babies to these ridiculous superstitious gods. We sacrifice our babies to our careers. We sacrifice our babies to our false god of hyper-individualism. We sacrifice our babies to our false god and idol of total freedom of choice and freedom from obligation. It's the same exact thing. And, and it, is, it actually tells you quite a lot about the nature of pride and sin and the fallenness of human nature that we could do exactly the same thing that the Incas and the Mayas and the Aztecs and these pagans throughout Africa and the pre-Islamic Arabs and all and the Canaanites and the Phoenicians. We, we can practice the exact same child sacrifice that they did on a much, much larger scale. And we can pat ourselves on the back while we do it and we could have superiority, intellectual and moral superiority while we do it. This, this is barbaric. And, and the Democrats have become a barbaric party, so it's no coincidence that they're embracing it as a, on a national scale. I, I mean barbaric very specifically. The word barbarism 
is, it refers to foreigners. The, the word barbaric refers to how the speech of foreigners is unintelligible. So it just sounds like bar, 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 bar. That's what a barbarian is. Well, that's what the Democrats have become. They abuse language so much. They say things that don't have any meaning. You say, we shouldn't kill babies who have been born and who are sitting on the table. And Elizabeth Warren says, we need to protect women's health. What? What women say? What? I mean, you're certainly not protecting the half a million babies that you're killing who are women, who are girls. So that seems to cut against women's health. But what does a baby sitting on a table over here have to do with the health of a woman who's over here across the room? Nothing. That's your bar, 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 bar. It's a breakdown of communication. This is the denial of the left that says there's no objective truth. In order to communicate, in order to have meaningful speech, there has to be some objective truth. There has to be an objective standard about which and through which you are speaking. In order to communicate, we have to refer to something outside of you and me. If I have something that I want to convey and then Johnny over here is meant to understand what I'm going to convey. The only way he can do that is not through just a raw subjective emotion. The only way that that can happen is if I use symbols, which are speech, to refer to something outside both of us, which is called the truth and reality. And then he can understand those symbols as referring to that reality, which he can perceive. I don't mean to be didactic, but the, the entire left has missed this uh, central fact of reality. The, the entire left is trying to deconstruct reality itself. And so it's very important to be precise. And this is also primitivism. It's not just the barbarism. It's not just the breakdown of truth. It's this primitivism. I mean, all you need to do is go into a coffee shop in Los Angeles to see the advance of primitivism. You've got people tattooing random nonsense all over their bodies, growing their hair out. Many of them haven't showered in weeks. They, they wash their hair with weird little oils. They eat diets called the paleo diet, where they don't even cook their food. They're just like cavemen. They're regressing into some pre-conscious state. And, and this is not a coincidence. It's easy to make fun of the filthy hipster on, on Sepulveda Boulevard or whatever, but it's not just this random funny occurrence. This comes naturally out of leftist ideology. This comes naturally from the uh, exalting of the noble savage. The idea, the fundamental difference, and there are many differences between the left and the right, one of which is that conservatives tend to enjoy civilization. So civilization is a good thing. The great tradition that we've inherited is a good thing. Things can all go bad pretty fast. We got to be careful when we start knocking down the pillars of our civilization. Things can go wrong real fast. As Ernest Hemingway writes in The Sun Also Rises, he's talking about the guy who went bankrupt. He said, how'd you go bankrupt? He says, gradually, then suddenly. That's how civilizations can collapse. Gradually, then suddenly. This worship of primitivism is bizarre. We like civilization on the right, but the left says civilization has made men worse. Men used to be so good. This is why they have all these ridiculous myths about the indigenous peoples around the world. The, as though the indigenous peoples were this uniformly angelic, perfect, it's like avatar. They're just all living in harmony with nature, singing about the colors of the wind. No, they're people. It's actually a, a fairly racist sentiment that they are these angels walking through the, the woods, perfectly vulnerable to the wickedness of settlers. No, they're people. 
they're people. Some are good, some are bad, some are nicer than others, some are a little craftier than others, they have self-interest, they practice child sacrifice, some of them, some do not. They're, they're people, just like all of us. But that leftist uh, idolatry of the primitive leads them back to a savagery, the noble savage. There's nothing noble about savagery. Savagery is savagery. It is savage. And, and killing babies after they've been born is savage. When we talk as conservatives about the tradition, we, you know, we seem to be pulling our hair out. We say, you're knocking down the greatest economic system that's ever been built. You're knocking down the greatest healthcare system that's ever been built. You're knocking down the greatest system of law that has ever been constructed. You're not, stop it. You're ripping apart the greatest constitution of any republic in history. No, 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 don't do it. The reason that we're so frustrated by this is because of how high the stakes are. We have so much to lose. The stakes are not just marginal tax rates go up a little bit. Oh, I, the government takes a little more of my money. It destroys wealth. Oh, I'm going to have to have a smaller house or I can't eat steak two nights a week. No, no. The stakes are killing babies on the table after they've been born and having the oldest continuously existent political party in the world cheering it on, voting for it in the United States Senate. Th those are the stakes. That's what we can lose. On the bright side, President Trump and the GOP are excellent at getting the left and the Democrats to expose themselves. We'll get to that in a second. But first, then speaking of exposing themselves, the uh, left is now trying to slut shame Tucker Carlson. <laughs> well, that's something I don't really want to think about, but we have to talk about it because it's an instructive story. First, let's make a little money, honey, with We the People holsters. We the People holsters are terrific. They design everything in-house. They offer custom-made holsters, all produced in the USA. They don't use any third-party molds, so it is going to fit your gun. They're constantly updating their designs. They're adding new designs every month. It lets them stay up to date on all the newest models that come out. They have their own 3D design team, measures every micromillimeter of their guns to ensure the perfect fit. The unique and intuitive clip design allows you to easily adjust both the cant and ride of your holster so that it will fit comfortably and securely at all times. Adjustable retention, it's signaled with a click sound. This lets you know your firearm is securely in place. And if you want uh, even more tension, you can just tighten one screw and you're done. Custom printed designs, the thin blue line, Constitution, Camo, American flag, more coming out each month. We the People holsters start at just 37 bucks a piece. Every holster comes with a lifetime guarantee. Every holster ships free. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a refund. These are really excellent products and you can get them at a very low price. Right now, listeners of The Michael Knowles Show can go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S. Enter promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S at checkout. Get 10 bucks off their first holster. That's as low as $37 and shipping is free with an additional 10 bucks off using my promo code. You're basically making money. Again, that is wethepeopleholsters.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, promo code Knowles at checkout for $10 off. The upshot, the good news about child sacrifice, <laughs> it's hard to, hard to find a silver lining in that storm cloud, but the, but the silver lining is that President Trump and the GOP are very good at getting Democrats to expose themselves. This vote in the Senate was brilliant. Senator Sass did a great job getting this on the Senate floor. We now have virtually every Democrat on the record saying that they think that we should be able to kill babies after they've been born. The, the GOP ads in 2020 are going to be terrific. This is also, by the way, going to affect 
the 2020 presidential race because you've got a number of U.S. senators running for president. Kamala Harris, Cory Spartacus Booker, Senator Liawatha, Liz Warren, Amy Klobuchar. All of these people, all of these women are going to have to defend this vote during the presidential debates. I said, do you really think we should be able to kill a baby after it's been born? Either way, they're really in a tough spot because if they say yes, then they expose themselves as absolute barbarians. And if they say no, then the follow-up question is going to be, why'd you vote for it then? The bill was very clear. The Born Alive Abortion Survivors Act was very clear. And you voted against it. And they'll say, um, bar, 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 bar. That's what they're going to do. They're going to do the same Liz Warren game. Well, uh, women's health has nothing to do with women's health. Bar, 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 bar. That's what they're going to say. And it's going to be clear to America. The, The other great little bit here it's not, just, uh, it's not just all about abortion. Uh, President Trump, last week, we weren't able to get to it in, in the show, but I, I really want to cover it now. President Trump, during a cabinet meeting, announces that on the 4th of July of this year, he will host a Salute to America parade or gathering. And nobody has really understood why he did this. But I do, and I really appreciate it. Here's President Trump announcing it. We're thinking about doing on the 4th of July or thereabouts a parade, a salute to America parade. It'll be a uh, really a gathering as opposed to a parade, I guess you'd have to say. uh, uh, Perhaps at the Lincoln Memorial, we're looking at sites, but we're thinking about doing something which would become perhaps a tradition. Salute to America on July 4th or July 4th weekend, somewhere around that area. And David, you're taking charge of that and you'll see how it Uh, how it works out with schedules and everything else. And I think it could be a very exciting day. And the fireworks is there anyway. So we just saved on fireworks. We get free fireworks because it's already being done. (laughs) So he's going, look, we're going to piggyback on the fireworks. We're going to save a lot of money. It's going to be great. Now, this came after President Trump wanted a military parade, uh, which uh, was supposed to happen last year. They delayed it. The local D.C. government ran up the costs of it, became... Uh, untenable. There was too much going on. So now he says, we're going to have a salute to America parade. And the left is mocking him for it. The left is upset about this. Why? They're saying, well, that we already have 4th of July celebrations. Yeah, sort of. I mean, do we have a national celebration being run out of the White House? I don't, I don't know that we have that. Do we have something called a salute to America? It's a little different than just eating hot dogs or even commemorating what happened in 1776. It's a salute to America as it is, our country. And the left is mocking it, not because it's redundant, but because the left doesn't like America. President Trump could have said, we're going to have apple pie week. Yeah, we're going to have apple pie and puppies week in America. And and the left would hate it. They'd say, ugh, ugh, apple pie. We're going to have watch baseball week. Oh, I hate baseball. I like soccer. Because what they're exposing is that they don't like the country. It's a brilliant idea. I really like it. I really like, it it is, we're in an age of cynicism, of performed apathy, of, oh, I'm too cool for America. I'm too good for that. Ooh, I I hate America. Certainly on the left, you see that. Oh, I hate the middle of the country. Oh, I, when I go abroad, I tell people I'm from the coasts. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Oh, I, oh, I'm so ashamed. I'm so embarrassed by America. The only, the only poll that they care about you'll notice this when you talk to the left, they're so humiliated because the rest of the world doesn't approve of President Trump. 
which by the way, isn't even true. A lot, I mean, BB Netanyahu in Israel is campaigning with p- pictures of Donald Trump over there. A lot of people like Trump quite a lot, but they're so, they say, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I want the world to like us. Mm, they're just like really insecure little teenage boys and girls. And this is unbridled patriotism, unironic, nothing cynical about it. I love America. We're going to salute America. It's the MAGA hat on a parade with fireworks. It's going to be a great idea. And it gets Democrats on the record as, as talking it down, as talking down America, as talking down Americans. People notice this stuff. Voters notice this stuff. They might not register it with pollsters, might not be at the top of their mind, but it does register. And Democrats are going to have to pay a price if we still have a country. I have an idea, a very important idea, the most important troll of the Trump administration. I have a plan for Donald Trump to become the first woman president. If you want to hear it, you've got to go to dailywire.com. If you're on Facebook or YouTube, it's 10 bucks a month, $100 for an annual membership. What do you get? You get me, you get the Andrew Clavin show, you get the Ben Shapiro show, you get the Matt Walsh show, you get to ask questions in the mailbag coming up on Thursday. You get to ask questions backstage, which we had last night. That was a lot of fun. You get another kingdom and you get this. You get the salute to America Tumblr. You're going to want to get this before the 4th of July because every firework that goes off, you're just going to get a... And it's going to fill up the whole Tumblr. And uh, if you don't have it, you're going to drown. So make sure you get it before the 4th of July. Get Get it even sooner, folks. There's a lot of great stuff going on. President Trump is now... His second summit with Kim Jong-un, if anything comes out of that, the tsunami is going to be overwhelming. Go to dailywire.com. We'll be right back with a lot more. I have an idea. It occurred to me yesterday. I was speaking to Liz Wheeler from OANN, and it just occurred to me, and I The more I think about it, the more I love this idea. I think I've figured out the only way to crack up the left's ridiculous gender ideology, all these stupid pronoun battles in the bathrooms and all that. Before he leaves office, for just one day, President Trump needs to identify as a woman. Donna Trump. For one day. There are only two possible consequences of this. Either The left will have to admit the absurdity of gender ideology, transgenderism, or the left will have to celebrate Donald Trump as the first woman president. Beat Hillary to it. Beat Amy Klobuchar. Beat Kamala Harris. Beat Liz Warren. Beat Donna Trump. That's what we'll call him for that one day. Donna Trump will become the first woman president. If he remains married to Melania, he will be the first gay president, not just the first gay president, the first lesbian president, not just the first lesbian president, the first gay married lesbian president, married to an immigrant. It will be a glorious moment. Now you say, oh, that's oh, okay. That's a funny line. That's okay. Whatever that, no, I actually, first of all, if any president were going to do this, it would be Donald Trump, the greatest troll ever to occupy that office. But why wouldn't he do it? Let's say he does it. Obviously, he says, I am a woman today. I issue an executive proclamation. I am a woman and I will go by Donna. What is the left going to do? They'll say, no, you're not. Well, he could say, how dare you? How dare you assume my gender? They say, well, you're just, you're not really a woman. Did you say that to Caitlyn Jenner? 
Did you say that to all these transgender athletes? They're transgender. They're men who are pretending to be women who are beating all of the women in these competitions. How dare you? She said, well, okay, okay, let's say we grant that you're a woman. You're not the first woman president. You said, are you saying that transgender women are not real women? Well, gosh, I guess that is sort of what I'm saying. Well, I get, and they have to, something has to give. And I don't really care which gives. If, because he can go back, by the way. Gender is fluid. You can just identify as a man the next day. He can go right back to being Donald. But for, for just one day, that's all it takes to become the first woman president, the first lesbian president, the first lesbian gay woman president married to a immigrant. That's all it takes is one day. And if he does that for one day, I don't care how it turns out. Either gender ideology falls apart because it's absurd or Donald Trump goes down in the history books as the first woman president. It is a win-win. President Trump is really good at win-wins. He's really good at wedge issues. He's really good at driving a wedge between the socialists of the Democrat party and the establishment of the Democrat party, which doesn't want to use that word. He did it at the state of the union. He split AOC and all those people from Nancy Pelosi and all of those people. He's really good at driving wedge. He's really good at driving a wedge between the pro-worker blue collar Democrats and the globalist neoliberal Democrats. That was basically the story of the 2016 election. And now he could drive a wedge between the transgenderist ideologues and the feminists. The people who say gender doesn't mean anything, men can define womanhood, it's not a real thing. And the feminists who say, no, 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 womanhood is a real category. Women have been historically put upon and we need to focus on that category, which is innate and immutable. President Trump, he could do it in just one day. And what is there to lose? The next day he goes back to Donald. It would be a glorious, glorious troll and a very important and instructive reckoning for a a nihilist, a deconstructive ideology of gender that, that truly does threaten the, the soundness of our republic. It threatens our logic and our thinking. Donna, you got my vote. I can't wait till you're the first woman president. I have to get to Tucker as well before we get out of here. Tucker Carlson, speaking of uh, slut shaming, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of gender politics, the chief LA correspondent for BuzzFeed, Kate Arthur, uh, who may soon need to learn to code. I'm not sure. Just judging by her writing, I, I suspect she's probably one day going to be better at coding than writing. She said, quote, on Twitter, remember Tucker Carlson's lecture during family separation in June about how the left doesn't care about family values? Well, I'm not one to kink shame, but here he is with a sex worker. Go Tucker. It's, a, what it, it's this picture of Tucker Carlson with a sex worker. Uh, I, I don't really know her history. I don't know exactly what kind of sex work she does, but I guess she's a sex worker. And it's a picture of her kind of kissing his cheek and Tucker turning away and laughing. And uh, this was taken, not at some brothel or something, this was taken at the funeral of Dennis Hoff, who is a Republican candidate, friend of Tucker Carlson. And uh, he He's also this Nevada kind of pimp figure, so he knew a lot of ladies of the night. And this, the woman pictured there immediately went after the BuzzFeed writer. She said, how dare you? 
We were at a funeral for our friend and Tucker was a very nice guy. I offered to buy him a drink and he ordered a club soda. <laughs> he was a perfectly well-behaved guy. What this shows is that the left is not pro-prostitute, not pro-sex worker, not pro it, it's not pro-anything. It's anti-conservative. It's anti-tradition. It's anti-big daddy. That's what it is. Big the religion, culture, and politics of the, of the civilization that we have, of our tradition. That's what it opposes. It's, oh, dad, mm, I'm so angry at you. It just wants to break things down. How, how rude to do this to this, this woman, this sex worker. It's also pharisaical. You know, I was reminded when I saw that tweet, this woman says, look, this guy talks about family values and there he is with a prostitute. Like, you know, the Pharisees said the exact same thing about Jesus. Said, look, this guy, he's giving sermons about family values and he's hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors. Uh -huh, right, yes. Right. There is a moral standard and also there is kindness and mercy because we're all fallen. Uh-huh. Right. Maybe you've learned, you haven't learned anything. You're just accusing people and condemning people, but you could learn something if you listen to your own words. Uh, really, uh, I guess the whole theme of the last couple of weeks is the left exposing itself, which is an image I don't really want to think about too much. I think of Hillary, no, nobody wants, but, but it is uh, ideologically exposing itself. And now the, the big story that's coming up, I think we have a little bit of time, is Michael Cohen. Switching gears slightly, although I guess this is still in the theme of exposure. Michael Cohen, the president's former personal lawyer, says that he's going to expose Donald Trump for racism and crimes and lies while in office. This, this was actually, I think this was the Time Magazine headline, maybe New York Times. Cohen expected to accuse Trump of lies, cheating, and racism. Okay. What is this talking about? He's going to testify. He's going down to Capitol Hill and he's going to say that President Trump ordered him to pay Stormy Daniels money to keep quiet during the 2016 election. There's really a tough argument that this even constitutes a crime. I don't really think it does constitute a crime. Uh, there's not a lot of precedent that would show that President Trump could be uh, held to account for, for paying off Stormy Daniels. What, one of the good arguments is that Trump has paid off women all his life. This is business as usual. This has nothing to do simply with the campaign. Um, but it also raises a question about Cohen, because there are two lines of argument here. One is that Cohen is a dirty rat, a disloyal scum of the earth, and uh, he's the lowest of the low. The other is that he's a liar and that his, his words and testimony can't be trusted. And Ben made this point today on Twitter. He said, look, stop, if you're calling Cohen a liar, stop calling him a rat. If he's a rat, he's honest. And if he's a liar, he's not a rat. I don't think that's quite right. Rats can be liars. Rats usually are liars, but it, they don't lie about everything. Nobody lies about everything. Very few people could do that. A rat is someone who's disloyal, who snitches, who is a turncoat, who betrays his people. The Dante puts uh, those who betray their benefactors in the lowest circle of hell, Cassius, Brutus, and Judas Iscariot. Rightly so. Disloyalty, Betrayal, that is, that is really the lowest of the low. It is unsurprising then that those people also often tell lies. Some, you know, what are the lies? I don't know. Clearly, Michael Cohen is both of these things. They're not mutually exclusive. 
We know that Bob Mueller, the special counsel, has put the squeeze on Michael Cohen, not just for things he did when he was working for Trump, but for other transactions, other things that he's worked on throughout his career. He says, I got you on this crime, I got you on this crime, I got you on this crime. You're never going to see your wife again. You're never going to see your kids again. You're never going to see nobody. You're dead. Your life is over. Unless you accuse Donald Trump of a lot of things. Maybe they're real. Maybe they're not real. Maybe you call him a racist. I don't think racism is a crime yet in this country. We call him a racist. That'll be good. That'll help butter up the jury. Yeah. Oh, good, good. He's putting the squeeze on Cohen. Cohen's a rat. He's clearly a rat. He's willing to betray his benefactors and his people. And he has all of the incentives in the world to lie. We know that he's lied. He was convicted of lying. He can, he can be both things at the same time. And it's really, I, I felt during the 2016 campaign, conservatives didn't give Donald Trump enough credit for loyalty. Trump does have a real loyalty. Now, when people turn on him, he turns on them pretty fast. But otherwise, he's had a real loyalty with his people. He keeps people around the Trump organization for a fair amount of time. He keeps things close. He, if he feels that you've turned on him, obviously he, he can be as vicious as anybody else. But loyalty is a very important value. Without loyalty, things break down. Without loyalty, we're just a bunch of atoms floating in space. We do have bonds that bind us together to our friends, to our family, to our co-partisans, to our countrymen, to our people in our community. That loyalty is very important. The truth is very important too. We should put the truth above all things. Michael Cohen has rejected both of them. We shouldn't simply judge the man for his lies. We shouldn't simply judge the man for his disloyalty. The two go together and it really paints the picture of a guy who's pretty cheap, who's pretty low, who's pretty dirty, and who probably shouldn't be taken very seriously. We'll see. Democrats are going to try to take him seriously, but they've got nothing. They've got, the Senate Intelligence Committee admitted they've got nothing. Bob Mueller's so far come up with nothing on Trump colluding with Russia. The best they're going to try to get is paying off some porn star. And Michael Cohen's going to try to help them do it. Pathetic. I'm sure we'll be covering it though because the media are going to want to focus on that rather than focus on the Kim Jong-un summit in, uh, in Vietnam. We'll cover both. We'll see which one is more important to our country, which one is going to be more important to Americans, especially as they look to 2020. That's our show. Come back tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. I'll see you then. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Robert Sterling. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Senior producer, Jonathan Hay. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our technical producer is Austin Stevens. Edited by Danny D'Amico. Audio is mixed by Dylan Case. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant, Nick Sheehan. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2019. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, Bernie Sanders, Bernie Sanders's and Democrats defend killing babies after they're born, which is not great. This is The Ben Shapiro Show.